Happy Friday, everybody, and welcome to another handsome episode of your favorite Mad Men podcast, Made Man, where I'm coming to you live on location, not really live, from Laconia, New Hampshire, where I'm visiting my in-laws for the 4th of July weekend. But that didn't stop me from just watching, just now, Season 4, Episode 11 of Mad Men, Chinese Wall. My friends, this is a really good episode, and it kind of, it, it directly relates to the, a big thing, the biggest thing that we saw from last episode, which was uh, Roger and the uh, firm losing Lucky Strike. Now, it's summer here in New Hampshire, and there's a lot of people out still walking around. So at some point, you may hear me lower my voice. That's because people might be, we're like, we're like in a in a neighborhood that has a lot of older people and they drive their golf carts around and they drive their golf carts down to the beach or the pool. So it's, it's, I, you know, that's pretty great. Um, my in-laws drive me a little crazy, but that's fine. That's fine. Uh, oh, anyway, where, where was I? Oh yes. Yes. So, so Roger lost lucky strike, big deal, right? It, but he, he said he got up, he would get 30 days to try to keep it under wraps, get his affairs in order. Um, I thought, I didn't understand what that meant now, but I realize now it was 30 days before it got out to the public because, okay, I'm going to walk a little way because there are people walking on the street right now. Um, 30 days before it gets out because of the hysteria that it would create, which I did not realize would happen. So, and we see it starting to happen in this episode. Uh, the episode starts actually nothing to do with Lucky Strike. It starts with our, um, with Peggy at the beach with her friend, that, that, um, her, her woman friend that's been in a bunch of episodes. And there's a bunch of them, and it seems like they're piling into a car uh, to leave the beach. And who gets in the car with them? A bunch of people, including, I don't know his name, but that boy, that young man who is the journalist, the writer, who kind of went behind her back and wrote all that stuff about the ad agency. She got really mad at him, um, but they seem to like... You know, he he seemed to be apologetic to her. He was like, "Oh, you know how you know how are you doing? I'm listening. I'm trying to be better. I'm trying to improve." Um, the next thing we know, they I'll, I'll stick with their story first because it's the shortest one. Next thing we know, um, they're back at Peggy's place together, and they gonna do it. Uh, they wake up the next day after having sex. Yes, having sexual intercourse. They wake up the next morning and. They're just kind of polite to each other, and she's like, you know, he's trying to leave awkwardly, or he thinks he should leave. Uh, he doesn't really know what to do, and he says, I, I don't know, I don't have a usual thing. And that actually brightens her mood. Peggy's face changes when she realizes, you know, that he doesn't do this a lot, um, that I'm, he's, he's not your average, you know, just want to have sex and one night stay and get out of there. So, guess what? They do it again. Uh, later on, she goes into work. And that's when she gets some crazy news. Now, I'm going to go back. Because their story really doesn't have much more in it. He shows up to, to pretend to give a delivery. Uh, and that leads to some weird awkwardness that would not fly in today's office um, environment. Now, we, we see something we don't usually see. The personal life of Kenneth Cosgrove. He is um, out to dinner with his fiancée, who is an actress I recognize might be from TV shows, don't know her name, and her parents. And the actor, the, his future father-in-law, is the friggin' great Ray Wise. Everything that he's in, I love. 
He's awesome, and I hope he's in this more. Maybe I don't know, but he's in this just for a moment. Uh, they're just ha- they're just out to dinner, having a grand old time. Where a colleague from a different firm shows up, says hi to Ken, shakes his hand, and says, "Listen, I'm I'm sorry about the uh, you know my condolences about the." He doesn't really say it, and Ken's like, "Oh, uh, David McAuliffe, first I think that was the name." Something like that. He goes, oh, I, you know, I, I didn't really know him that much. I, I was only at the uh, firm for a couple of months. He goes, oh, yeah, um, oh, sure, sure. Anyway, it was nice to meet you. And he, he goes off. And Ken, Ken's like, wait a second, that doesn't seem right. So he tracks the guy down and says, um, what's going on? And the guy's like, I shouldn't have said anything. And Ken's like, you didn't say anything. What is going on? He goes, you know, we're getting lucky strike. BBO, whatever, it's getting lucky strike. He's like, bullshit. And uh, basically, you know, the, the word is out that another firm has got lucky strike and Ken does not sit on it for a moment. Well, first of all, he hears a rumor. The rumor is, they're lo- okay, here, a golf cart's going by now. The, the rumor is that, uh, and I look like I'm just having uh, the most important meeting on my telephone as these people are walking through the neighborhood. They don't realize I'm podcasting about Mad Men. So, Ken pretty much leaves the dinner right away. He's like, I'm sorry. It's, I wouldn't do this if it wasn't important. Runs off and calls, uh, no, goes to the hospital because Pete Campbell's at the hospital waiting to have his baby be born. Um, he's, his wife's in labor and he's just kind of not really sure how to deal with it. He's just hanging out. Uh, they don't, they don't really want him, um, they don't want him in the room. They don't, his father-in-law's like, I wasn't even here. I was off playing golf or I was at work or something when, when, uh, when, oh God, they're stopping to look at a rowboat. So the neighbor's selling a rowboat and the people across the street are stopping to look at the rowboat and now they might've heard me. So that's awkward. So just go away. Let me finish my podcast. Jesus. So anyway, Pete, he, he, um, goes to see Pete in person. He's like, look, I don't want to have to tell you this, but I just saw this guy, you know, I just saw Billy Bob Johnson, whatever the hell his name is. And he told me that, uh, that they're getting a lucky strike. And Pete's like, bullshit. I think everyone was kept saying bullshit. Or, uh, and so Pete gets on the payphone right there and calls Don um, at his, I think he was home. I think he was home with his, with his girlfriend, Faye, doctor, you know, the doctor. And he's like, what? What? And he's a little shooken up. And he, he's like, um, we need to get Roger on the phone right away. And they, um, no, no, I'm sorry. They all meet in the office. They need to get everybody in the office. And Lane is over still in London. So um, Roger, Bert, Pete, and Ken are all in, in, all in not Roger, uh, Don, Bert, Pete, and Ken are all in Roger's office. Roger shows up like, what's going on? And they're like, we're losing Lucky Strike. He's like, bullshit. And he's, you know, doing his best, basically acting and lying. He goes, I'm going to get on the phone right now with him. Picks up the phone to call Lee Garner Jr. Starts dialing. He's like, it's ringing. Then you, they show a close-up of his hand hang, hanging up the phone. That's, that's how old phones used to hang up uh, for you kids out there. So he holds that there and just starts talking and starts BSing, basically. And he's like, oh, there's nothing we can do, guys. They're, they're consolidating all their at a, at a lower rate. And, you know, after 30 years, this is how they're going to do it. And, you know, they're like, we need to get down to South Carolina now. Oh, my God, I'm yawning. We need to get down to South Carolina right now and, um, and you know, figure out what's going on. Uh, and Roger's like, let me do it. I'm the closest. It's my client. I'll deal with it. So later on, uh, Roger 
is uh, in a hotel room and he's calling. He calls Don. Oh no, here's what happens. Okay, so they have a meet. They show. They put together a whole. Uh, they call together a meeting of the entire office to let them know what's going on. Look, we've lost Lucky Strike. This is when Peggy comes in uh, after having a wonderful night with her new boyfriend, and uh, she thinks everything's going great, comes in with big smiles, walks into a meeting like, what the hell's going on? And everyone's in the back trying to figure out what it's going to be. And Bert finally reads uh, a, a statement saying how they have lost Lucky Strike, and, you know, the, the, it just means that, you know, um, what does this mean to the company? Who and he goes on and on about like um, you know we have to be diligent. We have to be. Uh, then they get the head of accounting to talk about how you know if there's questions about you know um, uh, money that you're going to be spending, let us know. Bring everything to us. And Don gets up there and he says, you know, we're going to be better. We're going to be diligent. This is going to be a good thing. We're going to link. I, th- I think he said we're going to work harder. We're going to work together, arm in arm. I think. That is Chinese wall. I don't know if that's a, an old-fashioned, you know, racist-sounding game, linking your arms together. Is that a thing called Chinese wall? I don't know. But my belief is that that kind of sticking together, arm-in-arm, arm, so close, so, so, like, on top of each other that no one could get through, I think... That is what Chinese wall means, that no one's going to get through, no one's going to get in, and no, we're not going to let anyone break out. In other words, we're not going to lose any clients. Um, but the thing is, when a big client like that leaves, the word gets out, and the, the major thing is other clients are like, well, is this company going to be afloat? I'm putting all my money into this company. Six months, they might not be here. Maybe I should get out too. And that's what they're worried about happening. So they have all these meetings about trying to figure out what's going to happen. And it turns out the glow coat, the friggin' thing that Don won the, M- the Clio award for, they called Don specifically and they pull out. Now, Pete talked to them earlier in the day. They called all their clients to reassure them everything's going to be fine. Don't worry. We're going to actually pay more attention to you. Don talked about um, having, you know, being like, uh, you know, more receptive to the clients. Everything they say now, you know, put a little more like, oh, that's a great idea, you know, because you want them to feel happy. You want them to feel like they're contributing. You want them to feel like they're being heard. You want them to feel like they're getting what they want. So they're going to kind of, you know, treat it like, you know, just a little, if you hear fireworks in the background, remember this is New Hampshire. Um, They're going to treat it more like the kind of, I don't know what what to say. They're going to Kiss up to the client without the client knowing they're going to kiss up to them. Uh, basically, they're going to get more extra attention. And they are going to get extra attention because they've lost this client. So they, um, the big thing is, is that, uh, oh, while they were talking to Roger in the office, uh, everyone, you know, got uh, pissed at him. And he's like, you have one friggin' client. Don's like, you have one client, and you, and you let that go. And then Roger's getting pissed. He's like, I was fine where I was. I did this to go to this rinky-dink outfit. I left a perfectly good, you know, thing to come here. I was fine where I was. I did that. And, you know, he was trying to throw some of the blame on Pete. And Pete's like, you, you took this client all by yourself. You said you could do it, and you blew it. And, Roger, and even Don's like, Pete wouldn't have let this happen. He's stuck up for Pete. And, and nobody likes Pete. Uh, but while um, 
So while they're having this meeting, talking about giving extra client stuff, Roger calls saying he's in South Carolina and everything isn't going as good as we thought it would be. Um, and that, um, you know, it's nothing they could do. It's already done. The clients are gone. But Roger is not in South Carolina. Roger is not in Georgia, wherever the hell he's supposed to be. Roger is in a hotel room. He calls Joan later, and he says, listen, Joni, I need you. I need you. He's like, what are you talking about? You're in, I'm not getting on a plane and coming down there. He goes, you don't need to get on a plane. I'm at the Waldorf or whatever. I'm at some hotel. She's like, what? I never went. He goes, she goes, how, how could you not go and fight for this? He says, there's nothing I can do. This was done weeks ago. And she's pissed. She's like, you knew? You knew and you, and you didn't say anything? You didn't say anything to me? He's like, I couldn't. I, didn't, I thought I could fix it. I thought I had time. Lee Garner Jr. said I had 30 days, and the jerk pulled the rug out from under me. I thought I had time. I was afraid. Uh, and he's being, playing the whole, like, oh, what was me? What was me? Please, Joni, please, I need you. I need you. And he goes, please come by. She goes, I don't know if I can. I don't know if I could do this. And she doesn't go by. She doesn't go by the office. And instead, he ends up going to her house. She's, she's home. And he shows up, you know, hat with his hat pulled down like he's a sad man. And... Uh, he says to her, um, you know, I, I, why didn't you come? Why didn't you come? This is what I needed. She, he basically, like, she goes, well, just sit down. Let's hang out. Let's talk. He goes, oh, and I need this. And he tries to get with her. He basically just wants to bang her. That's all it is. He goes, I'm supposed to be with you. We're meant for each other. And um, she's like, no, you know, I don't think I can do this anymore. This is done. And he's like, wait, the last time was, was when we, after we got mugged. I wish I knew. He gives her a hug like, okay, this is the end of the era again. But didn't this happen already before? Meanwhile, he's got this young wife at home that he left his first wife for. Oh, Roger, Roger, Roger Sterling. Not so Sterling. Um, so while all this is going on, Pete is worrying about his uh, pregnant wife. And he goes in, he keeps popping in and out of the, uh, the office. Um, it's not the office, the hospital. At one point, he, he's telling his, his father-in-law he might be losing Lucky Strike. And the father-in-law is like, look, you know, there's, you don't have to hook your sails or hook your anchor to this, this sinking ship. And Pete is like defending the fact he's a partner here. Oh, there's a car horn. He's a partner here and he wants to, you know, stick this out. And the dad's like, look, there are other jobs. There are other firms. You are wanted. People know you. They want you. And later on, he goes back to the, um, to the, uh, hospital and there's, uh, the guy, I can't think of his name, but I recognize the actor from Lethal Weapon, the TV show, if you can believe that before it went completely haywire and stupid. Um, he, uh, you know, came with a with a gift, and he was smooth talking the in laws and Trudy's parents, and he was talking a lot to to Pete about, look, you could be coming, you could be a third, you could be a partner. I don't run things like Don. You can have a real stake and a real say in these things. And he gave him a business card, and you know, I don't. Pete didn't say no. He just kind of stuck with it. Um, but the thing is, is Pete's been going back to the forth to the hospital so much that he's falling asleep at work. They show him kind of in a meeting, and he's sleeping. And Don wakes him up and he's like, you talked to Glowcoat? He's like, yep, I talked to them. Everything's good. That's when later he gets a call from Glowcoat saying they're moving. They're taking their business. They're going elsewhere. He said it has nothing to do with Lucky Strike, which, which you know is BS. Don is pissed. But he doesn't lose it too much on the client because, like, because he's like, I want a chance to win this back. He's like, maybe we can do future business down the road. But he is pissed off. He goes back in and he erases Glowcoat. From the uh, from the board of all their all their current client clients, 
and he gets pissed at, at uh, Pete. He goes, why don't you go to the hospital? That's all you care about. You can't keep your mind. You're obviously distracted. And he's like, who the hell are you talking to? And Pete stormed off. Uh, and Pete, Pete, you know, as crazy as Pete is, he's putting his, he's, he's working his ass off for this farm as much as I dislike him. Um, oh, here goes a golf cart going by. That's a gas-powered one, which you can tell by the engine. Um, my father-in-law's is a battery-powered, which is much quieter and doesn't require gas. Anyway, um, what was I talking about? So Pete storms off, uh, and they were talking about, I guess, Lane still in London, hasn't come back yet, talking about before, after they lost Lucky Strike, they have $22 million in, fun, in billing. Which, you hear that, you're like, $22 million, wow. But when you realize you're a large firm that, um, you know, of your advertising firm, that's probably not that much, even in the 60s. Uh, and after Glowcoat, he's like, what are we, down to $20 million now? So he's pissed off at that. He's pissed off at everything going on. And uh, at one point, he goes into his office, has a drink, and Faye comes in. And she's like, you know, he, he kind of tells her what's going on. And she's like, um, and this might have been... I might have missed the point. Like, this might have happened at a couple different places because he's with Faye at a few, few places with this. But he talked to Faye in the office and um, he's like, Do you want a drink? She goes, I'd rather go out to eat. And he's like, Oh, uh, she goes, Oh, you know, it's he, she's like, It's not the end of the world. They're, you know, clients are, they're, clients get, um, are unhappy. They're, sometimes you have unhappy clients. And Don's like, oh, uh, which clients do you know of that are unhappy? Because she works with them directly as a consultant. And Faye's like, I can't tell you that. That is, that's like against my business. He, he goes, why? What, what, would that, what would that hurt? She goes, I work for other firms too. You can't tell me which clients are unhealthy, unhappy elsewhere. I can't tell you which clients are unhappy elsewhere. That would ruin my reputation at other firms. Don's like, what the hell? I thought you, I thought you, you could throw me a bone. You know, basically, tell me which clients are unhappy. I can try to set up meetings and pull them over to us. She's like, how dare you? I can't do that. And he's pissing at her. She's pissed at him. And he storms off. She storms off. And the, ugh, she's, she's so pissed at him. Um, oh, my God. Am I covering? I, I feel like I'm all over the place. But um, at another meeting, uh, they're, they're, they're talking to Roger. And, uh, I mean, at one point, they're all in a meeting together. And the secretary comes in and says, Pete, uh, your mother-in-law just called. Your wife and your daughter are resting comfortably. You have a baby girl. He's like, oh, that's great. That's great. Okay, let's get back to work. And he just goes back to work. Uh, so that was, that was funny. Um, oh, they did go to that funeral. They went to the funeral of that guy that, that was Ken mentioned earlier in the episode. Um, and... They went because they're 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 basically want to go poach clients. Roger actually yelled them go yelled at them said oh go go ambulance chasing because they're going to see if there are any names any clients they could find. It's just sad, but that's what they did. Uh, but the, they were talking. They they showed a couple of eulogies, and um, you know they were saying how the guy was in England for three months working on this job, but it, but all the, every day all he did was try to bring. Um, you know, a collection of thimbles for his wife or something special for his daughter. And that's the most important part. And they showed Pete on that. And it almost looked like that that kind of registered with Pete a little, uh, where he, maybe he thought, you know, I, I have a wife and a family now. I have to think of them. I have to think of them first. 
So I don't know if that, what that means. I don't know what that means for Pete. I don't know what that means for the future of Pete at, um, at Sterling Cooper, Draper Price. I just don't know. Now, what else happened in this episode? And I feel like I've rushed it, but look, I'm on vacation. Um, it's my end of my vacation, I should say. And I'm outside with a lot of people. My in-laws, I have no idea what a podcast is. So if they saw me walk by and go outside, uh, when I come in, they're going to be like, what are you doing? And I'll be like, oh, um, I don't know. What the hell am I going to say? Who cares? Uh, what else happened in this episode? Well, something big did happen, actually. Uh, first of all, Roger, we haven't seen his wife in a while. And he's had a rough day. Everyone at work found out that he lost his client. Uh, the firm is kind of in turmoil. Um, and he uh, got rejected by Joni, who he calls the love of his life. So he goes home to his young, beautiful wife and doesn't really seem that happy to see her. He's just like, oh, I'm really tired. She's like, I'll know what make you... I'll, I'll, I know what could make you happy. He's like, no, no, I'm really tired. She goes, no, no, come here. And I'm thinking she's going to say she's pregnant or something or pull out, they, she brings up a box. I thought it was going to be baby toys. Uh, but nope, it's Roger's book. You remember that he was having it, um, he was dictating it into a, into a recording. Um, and I didn't, I didn't get a good glance. Did he actually get a real publisher? Did he send it off to get published himself? But it was called Sterling's Gold or Sterling Gold or something. It was so pretentious. And then the back, of the of the book, there wasn't a photo of the of um, him, but it was like a drawing of him that was very, you know, just corny and pretentious. And I don't know if that was what how things were in the '60s. Did they have, you know, books with the with the the artist? I mean, the uh, author's photo in there, or were they all the, like hand drawn? Was that like a style of the time? I don't know, because it was wasn't he on the front and the back? No, he was just on the back, uh, and you could just see he was like, oh Jesus. You know, some probably thinking some gold I can, you know, create after today. Um, I forgot about Peggy. I didn't talk about her completely yet. So Peggy's um, working on Playtex. That was her client. And Don was actually really cool to her because he was like, you know, I know you can do this. I know I you you know, I'm not going to come in on this because it'll look desperate if I'm in the meeting. Um, you can nail this. You got this. And she's like, great. I'm not nervous. He goes, you're not nervous. Do I have anything to be nervous about? No, you don't. Do do good. You, you not if you nail it or something. She's like, okay. Um, she's working on it with the, the uh, you know that I don't know the guy, but he never wears a tie. He always wears like a button down shirt, not a button down shirt, like um, uh, a polo kind of shirt. Is that what they're called? Uh, they would. That's what I wear to work a lot. I'm trying to wear button downs more to look more like a grown up. But it's her and it's that young fella who got hired just because of the family he's in. They were in the meeting with her talking about Playtex, and she starts saying how these Playtex gloves, are they latex or Playtex gloves, or, you know, how they're very delicate to the woman's touch. And she was saying it, like, very, like, very soft and intimate-like to where the guys were like, ooh. Now, this guy shows up and says, uh, I'm a delivery for Peggy Olson. I'm cash on delivery. Do you have any cash? She goes, oh, yes, it's in my meat. It's in my office. And then she walks out, and the guys are like, oh, man, did you see her? She's all, like, sexed up. She's really into it. Well, the guy, the delivery guy, is her boyfriend. They didn't know that. But he came in to play a little 
play a little game with her. And um, she went along with it. And then later he comes out of the office and the guy's like, huh? Ooh, what's going on here? Now that same jerk says, listen, are you okay? Are you calm? She's like, yeah, I'm okay. He goes, let me teach you something to help you relax. It's a breathing technique. He goes and he locks the door. And right when he locked the door, I'm like, oh shit, he's going to do something stupid. Don't do something stupid. And he does this trick where he basically says, breathe, breathe in, breathe out, push her out. And then he went in and kissed her and she got really pissed he's like I'm he goes come on come on she goes stop it and let go of him and you you know you think call the police get him arrested get him out of the office nope this is the 60s she sits down he sits down and they just continue working and he's later on he's like no hard feelings and right before she goes to the meeting big smile on her face no hard feelings and she's got she's got lipstick all over her teeth and he just lets her go in and my first thought is they are trying their damnedest to Get these clients locked down to make sure everything is perfect. And this asshole lets Peggy go into a meeting uh, with lipstick on her teeth to the point where it could be distracting to the point where the client can't take them seriously. Now, she goes into the meeting. She has the lipstick on her teeth. The client actually tries to nonchalantly, like, he licks his teeth to try to get her to, uh, to do it herself. She thinks that, she probably thinks he's doing some creepy thing, but she nailed the, the presentation so much, she got the work. Um, everything worked out fine. And then right at the end, um, uh, um, what's his name? Harry looks, looks at her and says, you have lipstick on your teeth. And she just looks at that other guy who I can't remember his name. And he just gives a little smirk like, hmm. And she smiles too. She's like, oh, so precocious. Like, I don't know. Like maybe she thought he made it work or something, but I would have been pissed. Like what the frig? What if, what if it went bad because of that? Uh, that was crazy. So, try to think of what else I haven't covered in this episode. They did talk about, they talked about Bird's Eye and having commercials, and Harry talked about that a little, Harry Crane. Um, and it's Harry, right? It's been so long that I haven't, that I haven't talked to him. Listen to the fireworks. I don't know if you can hear it. Mind you, this is the 5th of July, and the fireworks are still going. And there's lightning bugs. Ooh, this is so exciting. So, the last thing I want to talk about is... Uh, Don and his secretary. Now, since the old woman uh, died at her desk, uh, Megan has been filling in. And Megan kind of looks like a Hollywood starlet, like a, like an actress, like a classic, tall, model-looking woman who, um, you know, my first thought was, you know, that was the, the girl that Peggy's friends wanted to come in just to look at her. They came into the office just to look at her. Uh, and my first thought is, this is not going to end well for Dawn having this girl here. And, but I didn't think it would take just a couple episodes. Okay. So she's been really nice to him. Um, you know, at one point he threw his Cleo across the room. She fixed it. Um, she apologized to him. Uh, she, she, he's like, do me a favor. Don't let me drink too much. She kind of, she, at the end, she brings in some client stuff for him. No one else is there. Uh, he's pissed because Faye and him kind of are in an argument. And, they have a little, you know, she's like, can I help you with anything? He's like, oh, there's nothing I don't think you'd find boring. She's like, well, I, you know, basically she's like, you don't think I could figure it out? I'd like to do what you could do someday. Um, I'd like to, or what Peggy Olsen does, excuse me. Oh, my goodness, we had a cookout today. If that burp came through the um, the phone, I apologize. That was disgusting. Um, 
So she says, you know, I'd like to learn from you. And I'd like to learn what, what you and Peggy, or at least so I know a little more what's going on so I don't make so many mistakes. She's like, okay, come on over, sit down. She starts talking about the clients a little bit and the rundown and, you know, basically this is what they want. We're going back to look at that because, some, you know, sometimes we like to push our agenda more, but we like to go back and see what they like so that now we can make them happier and make them think, oh, yeah, I do like this because they already said they liked it. Um, and they're talk- she's talking and then he goes to take a drink. And she's like, how many have you had? He goes, that would be number four. And they, she goes, I realize now, oh, I forget. She said, you know, uh, he's like, where are you from? She's like, Montreal. I came here to be an artist. I'm, I majored in lit. I do a little painting. Not very good. He goes, I realize I know everything about you, Don. You don't know anything about me. And I have to, you know, and he just, they look at each other and boom, then they kiss. And he's like, I can't do this. And I'm thinking, Faye, everything going in the office. He goes, I can't make mistakes right now. She's like, don't worry about it. I'm not going to run out crying the next day, talking about his last secretary before the old woman came in. Um, and so one secretary he had, Peggy, became uh, became a client. Then Joan filled in. Another secretary, secretary he had became uh, Roger's wife. Another secretary he had uh, left him because after they slept together. Another secretary he had died at the desk. And now this, this secretary he has, uh, now he's sleeping with her. And he's like, I, you know, she's like, this is just, I, I don't want to, I'm not going to cry about it tomorrow. I just want you right now. And Don's like, bam, let's do it. So he does it. He, yes, he's been dating Faye. He's been seeing Faye. But guess what? He gonna have sex with Megan. And he does. Right there. On his, on, I was gonna say on his desk, but it was on his couch. Then later they show him, you know, um, fix, you know, getting dressed. And she's like, should I leave first? Or should you leave, should you leave first? It's only the cleaning people out there, but still. Um, and he's like, do you want to get something to eat? She's like, no, I want you to get home and get some rest. Uh, and they give a little kiss to each other. It was a cute little thing. And then Don heads home, turns the corner, looks at who's at his door. It's Faye. Faye's there, leaving a note. She's like, I'm sorry, I was going to leave you a note. And Don's like, you couldn't do this in person? Can I come in? And you think, oh, she's dumping him. And he's like, what is it? She goes, I set you up a meeting with crap. Who was it? It was a meeting with a company. I can't remember who it was. Heinz. I set you up a meeting with Heinz. Now, she didn't mention ketchup, but she mentioned other things. I, I assume they're, just, they're doing ketchup at that point. I don't know. Um, he's like, what? He goes, I just thought about it, and I thought about what you said, and I thought about what you mean to me, and I thought about how important this would be to you, and it's just a meeting. They're just, um, they're not, they're not happy. They're kind of spinning, spinning circles or something at this other client, and he's like, thank, thank you. And he's realizing, oh God, I just screwed up, and I just banged I'm sorry, banged is really crass, but that's what he did. He had intercourse. He had sexual relations with this secretary. And he's like, oh, my God, what have I done? Uh, and she said, you know, and then he's like, do you want to stay? <laughs> what? What? Uh, and I was like, oh, my God, they're going to do it again? And he goes, I'll probably just fall asleep on you, meaning he's way too tired. But if she, you know, he probably would have. She's like, I just want to sit with you. They go and they sit down. And he's got this look on his face like, oh, no, I've done it again. And the end of the episode, bing, bang, boom. So what have we learned here? Well, Pete's a dad. He's a dad. And is he going to stay loyal to Don and Roger? You know, they gave him a big, um, they gave him this job. And, um, you know, he's worked his ass off for them. He's done a lot. He brought a lot of clients in. But 
He's got a kid. He's got a he's got a wife and a kid to worry about now. A real family, and maybe that funeral kind of said something about that to him. Um, so you know, I'm not sure. Uh, also, Don, he done screwed up. Um, he has a perfectly nice woman with Faye, someone who really likes him, someone who is age appropriate, someone who is smart, and he he's not taking advantage of. And then he goes and sleeps with his secretary, who apparently he's not taking advantage of either, but it was more of an impulse thing. But still, you can't be unfaithful when you got yourself a gal at home, Don. You do it constantly, constantly. Teachers, secretaries, clients, wives. Uh, it doesn't matter what it is. You will do it. Here comes another one more gas-powered uh, um, mobile. Of Oh, my God, that's a loud one. Okay, I think my in-laws already went to bed, so I can just sneak back in the house. So, and Roger. Roger is covering every, lying and covering everything up, basically saying they, they pulled the, the rug out from under him, which they did, except he held it under wraps for weeks. Uh, he's trying to get with Joan. Joan's just, just had enough of him. She's got a husband. He's got a wife. You know, can, can, can anybody just be normal and faithful? Uh, Ken's got a fiancé. I hope he's faithful to her. Because nobody else seems to be. Um, Peggy's got a new boyfriend, and he seems to have, uh, he seems to really be into her, and he seems to be an like a nice guy. Uh, he, you know, he screwed up when he wrote that article, but even he even did that, trying to impress her. Um, so I think hopefully he's a good guy. Um, and Roger's got his book. I don't know what the hell that book's going to do, but he's got that book. He's got that young wife, and he doesn't seem to be happy with either, because who knows what his job's going to be? But he's got so much family money. Does he even need the job? You know, that house, my God, when they went in that house, even when they, that moment in the house was humongous. Bert, I don't know. Bert's old. He doesn't, again, he doesn't, I don't think he needs the money anymore either. He could just, he could have got out years ago, but he, at one point he said, I need a drink. I, I could listen to Bert talk all day. Uh, and I think that's it, my friends. Okay, there seems to be like a grand finale of fireworks going on. I'm getting eaten alive by bugs. So I just want to say happy 4th of July, everybody. I hope everyone had a good 4th of July yesterday. And I want to tell you something. Like, not only do I do podcasting for Mad Men, but I also have a Stranger Things podcast. Stranger Things, Netflix, huge show. Just premiered, came back last night. Um, I do a Stranger Things podcast called Stranger Danger. You can find it at fans.experts.com. You can find it at iTunes or anywhere. Type in Stranger Danger, Stranger Things, you'll find me. Uh, where I do a, a, a weekly episode uh, about every episode of Stranger Things. And even though the new season just premiered yesterday, I got to watch the whole thing first, then I'm going to go back and watch it again. Very different than how I do Mad Men. I actually, pre I actually prepare, I take notes, I do, um, I, I add sound effects. It is a lot more work, but there's a lot less episodes. Uh, and there's a lot of, there's a long break in between. So that's going to kick up next Friday. Uh, on the 12th. So the next time you hear Made Man, there'll also be a new Stranger Danger. Um, so check that out if you can at fansnotexperts.com. Listen, subscribe, rate, review, all that fun stuff. Uh, and if you could, if you listen to me now, if you could go to iTunes, Apple Podcasts, whatever they're called now, because iTunes is going away. Anywhere you can review podcasts. If you could, just drop me a review. Uh, tell me why you like me, why you hate me, yada, yada, yada. I know you're out there. I see you every week. I see your downloads, and I appreciate it. Uh, so I just want to thank you. And just a reminder, you can find me on Twitter at MadeManPod. Okay, kids, time to take that golf cart home. 
You can find me on Twitter at MadeManPod, and the, the, the Facebook page is uh, Fans.Experts, and the website is Fans.Experts.com. And now, I'm going back in to my in-law's house, where, so I'm not getting eaten alive or listening to golf carts or fireworks. But I will be back next week. And I want to thank you for coming along with me on this journey as I strive to become, I hope no one drives by right now, a made man. Happy 4th of July, or 5th of July, I guess. Fans not experts.